0: Oh, 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 oh. Take knees on. Oh, take things on. Oh, take chains on. Oh, take things on. Blakes, blakes, the chat. Blank game more. Blah. Nigga, hold that. Blah. Nigga, hold that. Blah. Nigga, hold that. Hand me up. Get that phone. Hand me up. Kidnap that phone. It's the perfect timing. You see the man shining. Get up from them goddamn diamonds. Hey, y'all. What's happening? Um... Before we get to the meat of this, uh, anything you want to start off with? At just that I survived uh,
1: fucking Ida. Right. Ida? You showed me the pictures. of your basement. Fucked up. Yeah. God decided I need a swimming pool. In your basement. In my basement. So he put one in my basement.
0: Dude, I'm telling you, all I'd have to do is go through that shit once. And
1: I'm good. Dude, that, I- that shit, your basement. And you said it was up to your waist. It, it, it turned... it when we went back and looked at it, it was up to my waist when I was going through to remove things, but then it started getting close to the electrical uh, outlets. And I was like, we can get the fuck out of here because uh, <sighs> after it gets to the electrical outlets, then it's just right. So
0: electrocution, uh, it turns into a sauna
1: or your ass is toast. So I wanted to get out of there. I mean, the breaker would trip, but I mean, I don't know how long it would take the breaker to trip before uh, how, my, how many, how many I'd feel. So I got out of there, and uh, when you go back and you look at the last pictures that uh, I didn't put these up on, but it went all the way up to this white box, and that's like about five and a half feet, six feet. And there was nowhere for the water to go, so it sat there. Uh, I called back because I had to come out here because my flight was canceled. Couldn't get out here again. Um, so I didn't get out here to do on Thursday shows. Got to here them for Friday shows. You've together. been having a fucked up uh, I, anyway, little run here. And, and, and it was United Airlines again because I had bought the tickets already for the month. Right, because I was going to say, I thought you said you wasn't fucking with them. I, I can't get my money back, so I kept the tickets because right. they won't give me the money back. So I kept the tickets and, uh, it you know, this one wasn't them. I mean, it, it was uh, the, the airport was flooded and I didn't believe how much the airport was flooded until I saw the uh, uh, pictures on the news where they showed like the baggage areas like had water in them like our basement did because I guess it was below grade. But... Um, the thing that made me mad is when I did get there and I finally got a flight because they weren't gonna give me a flight to the following day and I wouldn't even make Friday shows. So I uh, I kept going back and forth and and I went online and finally they they reopened up the late night flight on Thursday. So I was able to come out <clears throat> Thursday night late. And I was supposed to leave at nine forty five, but they didn't have a crew for it. So we all stood there and it's not like they even had anybody come out and go, ladies and gentlemen, uh sorry for the delay. Right. We don't have a crew. They just didn't let. No one came, and they right. just on the monitors. They would just say, "Flight's delayed," and we didn't know what was going on. Apparently, uh, they didn't have any crews because I guess a lot of the flights weren't coming in and out, so they didn't have a crew for the plane. But instead of telling us that, they just let us stand there for an extra two and a half hours. Of course, if they would have just, if someone would have just came out and go, "Listen, guys, here's the situation. <clears throat> uh, go have a seat. Go have a drink. Relax. We're going to make an announcement. You'll know when we get the crew in." Uh, and we'll be departing within 30 minutes after that or 45 minutes, but no, they didn't say any of that shit because it's United. And, uh, so when I finally got out here, um, I called back to, uh, the other dude. there's four of us that live in this, in this building, there's four, uh, condos and, uh, the dude on the bottom floor, he was worried that it was actually going to go. Cause it was just a few feet away from coming to the first floor. And, uh, he sent me the pictures and showed me how high everything got. So,
0: and at no point do you
1: miss Phoenix. You know, I miss not having to deal with that, but I love, I love where I'm living. I love that I'm going to be going to the city. I can't wait. I love my new place. Um, I would just prefer it without water in the basement. So now once all that water is gone. Which it is now. It's gone
0: now. It took You got to deal with all that damp mess. Yeah. And my
1: car. Yeah, fuck that. It, it, but it, that's going to be done here in a few days. And then, but my car, my car is the other thing. My car, uh, uh, I don't know if it's totaled yet or not. Um. The insurance company led me to believe that they think it is because once water gets in like that high, because it was like about a half an inch of water inside the
0: inside the yeah. Car. See between the basement and the car, that's just
1: not worth it to me. Yeah, I, I'd rather be in the city. I'd rather dude, be. In, you, you got a deep love for the for the city, boy. Do I love the East Coast? I really do. I don't. I, I've lived in Arizona my whole life. It's not It's great to be out here. I I could have done without that. Uh, No doubt. I could have done without that. But I can also deal without it being 120 degrees outside or being 100 degrees at 630 in the morning. Hmm. So, I mean, I did that for my whole life. So now I'm doing this. uh, Definitely not fun. This is the worst it's been since Sandy. They said this was bigger than Sandy as far as the amount of water that was dropped. Sandy was a bigger storm, but the amount of water that was dropped. And and they're not prepared for it. So we'll see how long it takes uh, the New York area figure out how they can address the situation but they have to man there's too many people there dude when i
0: see the footage of the subways looking like niagara falls and water gushing in at a this is the end of the world movie rate that is so disgusting to me between the rats the feces how
1: dirty the subway is it's the grossest shit in the world. Dude, and, and what's what really sucked about that, if I would have been in the city, maybe I wouldn't be as easily to look past this. Because if you were in the city and you didn't live in the city, like even people in Brooklyn couldn't get back to Brooklyn because the subway wasn't working. Uh, roads were out. So it was hard to cross. You couldn't cross the bridge. right? So right. I don't know how people were getting back and forth. Uh, I'm in Hoboken, so I have to get over to the other side to Jersey. That means the path, the path wasn't running. Um, I wouldn't have been able to get back over. I wouldn't have been able to take uh, the road, the bridges. So I would have been stuck. I think that might have made it a little bit more irritating had I been in, in the right. city. But uh, I wasn't. I wasn't stuck. There was some people. But you saw the if you saw the footage, that water, it looked like a movie. The water. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. why I said end of the world movies.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's fucking filth. Yeah, but you're living. You have the exact opposite problem. You have no water. You're living in California with no water. And then when it rains a little bit, you got mudslides. But,
0: but nah, it ain't that's overhyped. When you say no water, what do you mean, no water?
1: Well, you got the ocean, but you're not getting any rain.
0: Ain't no rain. As long as you got drinking water and bathing water, you're
1: good. You don't have it though anymore. Your, your water—it's all drying up. You don't have water. You're not. Uh, gonna my be a-
0: faucets work fine, and my grocery store has water. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you talking about. Uh,
1: it's not going to be that way forever. Yeah, uh, you—you don't know that. Yeah, uh, because we're from Arizona, Arizona's losing water right now, and. Uh, the Colorado River water is not going to be available forever. Well, well,
0: I'll take trying to find water versus trying to get water out my basement that's waist high and a potential death situation with electrocution.
1: Dude, I I just had to go take a pan down there and get my water, scoop my water out, and put it on the stove, boil that shit. I got water.
0: No, I ain't doing that. survival white man <laughs> tactic. Um, so we're here in uh, I know it says Raleigh or Cary, Cary. Yeah. So is it Cary, North
1: Carolina? Yeah, Carrie, Yeah,
0: yeah. We in Carrie, North Carolina, dude. I gotta say, it's funny. Um, I was watching. Uh, I was. I was. You know, breezing through TV the other day, and uh, Ellen DeGeneres' stand-up special was on, and you know, I. You know, I, we've talked about this, but she actually said something that made a lot of sense to me, and it was so fucking true. She does a bit about silence, and the power of silence. Uh, And I I agree with her wholeheartedly. You know, when you are able to simply be in silence, that to me is where I do my best thinking. Uh, Whether I'm at home alone in the bed when I wake up, no TV, no lights, or whether I'm in the hotel room laid out, especially when I wake up in the morning, uh, no TV, no lights, and it's just the shades are drawn, maybe a little bit of sunlight coming in, cracking in. But for the most part, uh just laying in bed is where you just have time to think and 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 come up with really creative <clears throat> strong shit or shit you think is funny or that would remind you of what was funny um and I must have died for 8 minutes because you know I do this this bit down where I talk about how mississippian women are atrocious <laughs> And it never failed. I've had two or three examples where after the show, a woman will come up to me and go, I'm from Mississippi with a little bit of that. Like, how dare you? But guess what? Them bitches be ugly. And them bitches be fucking horrendous. Um, but most of it is tongue in cheek. They know I'm joking, even though it's based in reality. And they don't take it too serious. I had a woman here in uh, Cary. And at first, for the first Point two seconds. I thought she was tongue and cheeking it. I thought she was, you know, joking. I did too. This bitch was irate, and I'm not exaggerating. And Andy, back me up on this. If you think I'm exaggerating or lying, say I'm exaggerating or lying. She looked like Flavor Flav with a wig.
1: Yeah, but a little, a little thicker than 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 Flav. Oh, not much. Not much, but she's a little bit. Yeah, but but
0: she... this bitch come up to me and said, "Let me tell you something. All them jokes about Mississippi." I'm from Mississippi, and I can read, and I ain't ugly. And this bitch was ugly, nigga. <laughs> and here's the thing, man, about ugliness. When you're cute, handsome, sexy, gorgeous, and beautiful, first of all, we all make ugly faces when we're mad. That's you, We morph. An ugly face comes with anger. Nobody looks cute and angry. But you can still see the beauty within the anger. Within the angry face, you tell if this motherfucker r- relaxes facial muscles and takes that little crink above his nose and gets that back to normal and stops with the beady eyes and the cum face. You see the, the, the beautiful in a motherfucker. Yo, yeah, when you ugly and you make an ugly face on top of being ugly and you double down on ugly, woo! And on top of that, and here's and I and I told Andy. This is what was genius. This bitch's teeth were jagged. And I said to Andy when she walked away from the table, nigga, she looked like she opened beer bottles with her teeth. <laughs> and I tried to make the sound like when you hear the bartenders with the little bar op- bottle opener underneath the bar. And, they <laughs> and And Andy topped me. He said, uh, she looks like she did open wow. bottles with her teeth. Dude. Yeah, I don't know if y'all understand this in terms of subtlety. Some of y'all might not understand why that's funnier than what I said. Because I was saying, nigga, because her teeth were jagged, she could do it. Andy was saying, that's what made her teeth jagged. Like, nigga, her shit was straight, and she opened bottles, and it pushed her shit out. Man, that shit was fucking genius. I dyed my ass off, dude. dude. I wanted to punch you in your fucking <laughs> beak, nigga.
1: What I thought you were going to say to her, though, when she said, and I'm not ugly, I was waiting for you to go. And who told you who mm. who, who gave you this wrong information? <laughs> <laughs> and she meant it. She did. She, and she I heard it. I'm like, bitch, you are horrendous. She also this is the other thing that's funny. And this is what like I don't think people understand what happens after a show unless they've seen it. She waited like five to ten minutes. Yeah. And, and you know. I
0: thought, and I'm glad she didn't, but I thought she might have addressed me during the show. She didn't. She held that in. Yep. And 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 decided to say it to me afterwards. And
1: waited in line politely. Right. Until her turn was in line. And then she exploded. Then she lost her shit. <sighs> Listen, dude, I know,
0: and this is Andy again in my head, you know, sometimes you have to say everything you think. Sometimes you should hold back. Uh, you know, you want to try to be able to go go back and not burn bridges i'm gonna say this because i've made and made it up in my mind and i'm and i'm and i'll go to my grave with these words i'll never play mississippi i, I it's off my list i don't want nothing to do with mississippi nigga
1: ever you you don't ever know. what if they open up a cool club in mississippi and it's in mississippi can't be cool you don't you don't know something I, 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 I know
0: i know i know i know i know i'm not fucking with mississippi I, I'm just. I'm not a I, Mississippians. If you listen to this podcast, if you're fans of mine, I love you. I do, but I can't fuck with y'all, man. I, I just. It's. I'm. I'm such a city dude that it's hard for me to fuck with the South. Period. But if I do fuck with the South, I love Atlanta. Uh.
1: Yeah, I love Atlanta. What? What about here?
0: Okay, no, I love Charlotte. Yeah. Um, but Mississippi is just. The origins of the South. Mississippi is the. Remember in the movie Aliens, the the one, the second one. Remember the scene where she goes back to go get Newt, and she and she discovers all the alien pods. Yeah, the 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 pods, and then she looks up and there's the mother alien, and the mother alien breaks off because you can see the tube where the mother alien is giving birth to these eggs. And then the mother alien breaks the tube off the egg because now she's coming after Sigourney. But this was the mother alien. She had that fucking head. That's Mississippi. Yeah. It's the mother of the South. And it's too much South for me.
1: You know You know why I know you like this place? This, what, this place, uh, Carrie? Well, just North Carolina in general. Yes. Charlotte, particularly. Yeah, but why you like North Carolina?
0: 6'6", six, six, head guard. From North Carolina, <laughs> I was like, "Where is he going?" But then I caught that shit. Yeah, there's no way
1: you're not gonna like this um,
0: place. And I and I said, Charlotte to me was more metropolitan. Yeah,
1: well, Charlotte is like the
0: Charlotte's my favorite. Would I, I, you would think Atlanta? But the only thing I, I reason I like Atlanta is because of the strippers. But other than that, Atlanta don't really do it for me like that.
1: And spend divots.
0: And spend divots. But North Carolina, I think, is my favorite.
1: Uh, dude, I, I, I just... Listen, I'm not going to knock anybody because I'm lucky to get to perform. It's okay? bitches in Mississippi, nigga. Oh. It's, it's not any of that. It's, it's, it's basically that. It could be that, but what I don't like about certain areas in the in, in the middle of the country, I'm not even going to say the South. I'm just going to say the middle of the country. Um, they're half a beat slow on jokes and and and, they, and they take it personal and they take it
0: personal They're half a beat slow in everything the the way they move the way they think it, it's just it's just a it's a, it's, the, it's a different pace yeah it's the south it's the pace that it's country living it's slow
1: life it's
0: easy living
1: you know the clock in
0: mississippi is still stuck
1: on 1778 well I know that a lot of people, when they hear me say that, who live in the middle of the country, they would say that we are, you know, a beat too fast. I I don't... uh, Fast makes you sharp. It keeps you on your toes. You can always
0: get slow. Everybody can't speed up. You can always slow down. You can always have a seat. Everybody ain't built to run. Okay. You know what I mean? And if I have to choose between having a seat and running... I want to know I can run.
1: And that's fair enough. And I and I'm not. I'm that's not, not
0: because <laughs> <heard> <laughs> horrendous nigga. I'm not. She looked like a character from Lord in the Rings.
1: Uh she looked like a character. She definitely, Dude, had a look. like I
0: said, when I was at any uh, was in Indianapolis and I did that show and I did the Mississippi joke. I told you them two black chicks that came up to me and they was like, We from Mississippi. Anytime a woman has come up to me from to my show and went, I'm from Mississippi, I went, Yep, you are. (laughs) You look at... You are. Chin hairs, fucking thick ankles, just bad. Andy, I'm telling you. uh, Excuse me. Like I said, when we went to Mississippi, that club we went to, (laughs) that you didn't come back with me to. (laughs) There was no reason to. (laughs) I'm telling you, y'all, please. I know sometimes you think, because I'm a comedian, this is for jokes. I've never seen this in my life. And again, I say this on stage. 31 years I've been doing this. I've been everywhere. Every small nook and cranny, major city, small city, every fucking state, some places four or five times over. And without question, you go to D.C. and you go, God, there's some bad bitches here. You go to Atlanta, you go, damn, there's some bad bitches here. New York, I could keep reeling them off. And even places where you go, there's some cute, some ugly, which is the majority. Everything ain't one way. Mississippi is one way. That club was packed elbow to elbow. You couldn't move. Not a single bad bitch in that motherfucker. I've never seen that where it's wall to wall horrendousness. Well, you know, there was not one piece of pussy in there
1: worth fucking. The reason LA and New York have arguably some of the best looking women cuz it especially LA it's groomed that way but, but everybody okay if the hottest people from mississippi leave and go to LA or new York, they and, don't stay but there but they're
0: not noticeable because they're not the majority okay women in LA actress dancer model singer you know porn star LA is a place where it's about silicone and fake and beauty and surgery and this and that and hands and you know it's a, it's it's made for that but like I said we ain't got to be just la New York and that's the beauty of New York it's a little bit of everything New York I,
1: I was just gonna see uh I was just gonna see what uh the miss, the uh contestants from the uh I just couldn't even do it Mississippi uh, the, from the uh beauty comp pageant looks like from Mississippi Mississippi I I can't
0: even dude I'm telling you uh uh and without fail uh anytime I do spot 1 she's taken of course somebody snatched that bitch up they just found a dollar in the streets
1: <laughs> okay here, here is Mississippi Miss America winners let's see yeah no you yeah and that's like
0: 1970s, beautiful. That don't qualify today. No. In the 70s, that was a banger. But still not. Not, yeah.
1: No, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, I'm not trying to piss off Mississippi, but... It, you, Mississippi! It, it is what it is. Tell him about the gun
0: line, ball. <laughs> yeah, but, I, you know, and again, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to shit on y'all, but I, I just know I'm never coming back. I'll, I'll never do a gig there. I don't care. I just, I don't give a damn. <laughs> I don't care. Mississippians look like how Dennis Rodman sounds. I don't give a damn. <laughs> the women look like Dennis Rodman's lips. <laughs> All right, let me get off Mississippi. <laughs> that that bitch, bitch, that bitch that said, I ain't like ugly, Looked like she chewed lit firecrackers, nigga.
1: But you lit-
0: she smoked lit M-80s.
1: Did you got to give it to her for confidence? Though she had confidence when she nah, said, "I she don't had even
0: confidence. know if that's confidence, nigga. That's just uh, that's, that was an aggressive, creature." <laughs> <laughs> and they all go, "I'm from Mississippi. You live here now? Yeah. Well, you got the fuck out.
1: Yeah. So come on, man. All right. All right. So now that we lost whatever percentage of our <laughs> two niggas. We lost two motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> they don't even know what a podcast is. <laughs> well podcast? K. What day with we'll podcast All right. Um history of the sitcom. Uh this one was the facing race. Uh, and we and we talked about this a little bit uh when we talk about Norman Lear. He said there was an episode, uh Norman Lear said his dad used to say to him when they would go out for dinner, are we having chinks tonight? In Chinese. Yeah, food. yeah. And Norman would, he said, he would say to his dad, dad, why can't you just say Chinese food? He go, we having chinks tonight. And I'm like, God damn. Um, and you know, they, again, they, they, they cut to that clip of, uh, president Nixon, uh, saying Carol O'Connor was saying how it was like, uh, they're trying to ruin a good man by, by, by saying, you know, Archie's a racist and he's all these bad things. We're like they're trying to ruin a good man. Um, Yeah, man. It, it just, it, it dealt with it in such an honest way. In what's would...
1: again, we touched on this last time. When it's done in humor, it, it's to provoke and to show what it really is. But you couldn't do that today because people would be triggered before they ever got to understand. You don't think
0: there's a smart,
1: really smart
0: way to do that? Because my, my concern becomes if it's too smart, does it lose? It's funny. And if it's brutally honest, that to me is where the funny is, but that might not be the smartest way to go. Can you accomplish both? Can you be super smart and sensitive but still be honest enough to get the kind of funny you want.
1: I thought, I, I really did think all in the family did it. You didn't think it Today was Today, you
0: think you could do that? You could do that?
1: I don't think you could do it. I, I, I think that it doesn't make a difference how intelligent it is or how funny it is. It it's, tr- it would trigger somebody. And, you know, when people say, well, we we have to be better and, you know, the times have changed and uh, comedians have, and especially when they're talking about comedians, comedians have to understand, you know, why that's other things it wasn't funny go back and watch shows from the 70s that dealt wholeheartedly with the same issues that we're having today um, and they dealt with them in a way that was funny but also really allowed you to see what the problems were and we can't we don't we are not able to do that today and one of the we have to address the problems head-on without the funny but sometimes that funny is what opens up people to being able to see it who normally couldn't and that's that's where I have a problem with what what we're trying to accomplish. Um, I almost think that it's it's going to have the reverse effect because they're gonna. It's going to be you're not going to say these things again. And I, and I said this before. We're teaching people how to navigate through these waters and stay who they are uh, uh, mentally, but learn how to talk to people in a way that doesn't allow them to show who they really are. Instead of being able to have this open, honest dialogue. And that's the problem. Um, And we're so worried about saying it the right way and doing it, you know, to to present ourselves the right way. We're not actually becoming the right people. We're just learning how to deliver it, the message in the way that's acceptable to society. And that's not going to make the change. We have to change as people. Uh, I, I think we're. I, I, I think they're really off. I think they're misleading themselves.
0: I, 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 I couldn't remember the the guy's name, and then somebody wrote me an Instagram. Kenya Barris was who I was meaning to say, Blackish, the creator of yeah, Blackish. Yeah. And I was trying to remember that other show he did. It's called Black as Fuck. Have you ever yeah. seen any of his shows? Yeah. Are they good? Yeah. Do they any of them racially go there like that with, yeah. with, with like an All in the familys
1: edge? well he does his is his is kind of like you would take a a racial slant but from a black perspective but because where he comes from now it's at uh it's more i would say it's more at a huxtable level where they have money and success and he's dealing with like what you say with other uh, people with money and success as a black man in this in this world right and uh, and staying true to who he is as he's as he's going through this uh, that's in black as fuck and I think it's really good it's really smart um, and it shows some of the hypocrisy that's 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 still in the in the black community in the way that they do some things that are are you know trying to fig, navigate their situation. Which shows that we're all just trying, not all, but a lot of us are trying to get to a better place. But to get there, you have to make some mistakes or you have to take inventory of what you're doing to make sure that you're on the right path. And you can't do it today. He can't. I mean, that show uh, is an exception because to me, it's on, uh, he had credibility from Blackish. And then he put this show on, on Netflix. And uh He's already shown success for it. So it, it, it had meaning and it was able to, to present it. I think it would be difficult if you didn't have a name to do a show like that.
0: I didn't know that uh, the episode that ABC's side-shelved side, side shelved, uh, about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee pissed him off so much that he decided to take his talents to Netflix. And that's when he got the $100 million deal. Great. Because ABC didn't want to air
1: the episode about colin taking a name but again this goes back to having a name and having some relevance he was able to take his deal to netflix because he had the name right there's someone else who could have produced the same colin kaepernick you know could the colin kaepernick's just shelved and no one would have known about it no one would have cared he had he had the ability to make it known because he has a name
0: yeah
1: uh that's all i'm saying he has the ability to do that I think it's fantastic. I hope he does more. I think it really, uh, it, and it was enlightening. It was really funny. He has, there was, uh, one of the black as fuck was on, uh, was about Juneteenth and his celebration of Juneteenth and what was important. Uh, it, it's a really good episode. It's a, really, I gotta check it out. It's a really good episode. And in, it, it, it's, uh, it explains things to the white community. If they watch it, that they may not know and then see things from a different perspective. And again, that's what's so important. That's why TV and comedy is so great uh, because with comedy, you can open up someone's eyes to a different perspective. And really the perspective is what changes it because, and we've had this conversation many times. If, as a white dude, if I walk out my door and I do everything the way that I know things work and I don't have any repercussions. I, I, I have a job. I get my raises. I don't have any problems with the police. I get in my car, I drive, I pay my taxes. I I, I put on my tax. You just assume if that's how life works, it should work that way for everybody. And without showing it through someone else's eyes, through a perspective, that person may never understand why that perspective doesn't work for everybody. And I think today we've changed because now with, uh, uh, things that have happened in, in our recent past i mean you have to pay attention now and you're seeing more but for years i don't think that a, the white community went and did all the things that we're supposed to do and they got their return and they would see other communities struggling they would be like well all i got to do is do this I, I know that because i've been doing it for years and it's worked for me
0: right
1: so this, this is uh i i hope that we can get back to doing edgy comedy that really can let people in on some things
0: um Sanford and Son, uh, and I think I, I think we brushed up on this. Uh, it was the Paul Mooney episode, and uh, Tracy Morgan commented about how uh, it was the first time nigga was set on TV. And Paul wrote that episode where Red is in court, and uh, he said something to the officer about justice being equal. And Red said, "You talk about justice being equal? I don't say nothing but niggas in here. <laughs> Ain't nothing but niggas in here." Um, and I think that was a Paul Mooney episode. Uh, um, so, yeah, that was, you know, groundbreaking. Uh, Sanford
1: and Son really never grabbed me. It didn't? Nah. Dude, I loved it. I, it, just, it just never really grabbed me like that. I, I was a young kid, but like Red Fox was important because th- that show, was, he was funny. And I loved, I loved all the black characters that were in that. And then when they started adding some of the, the, the white neighbors, the the guy who was eventually on Barney Miller, I forgot his name. Um, he was the next door neighbor. And he uh, it, it just how uh, it worked together and intertwined together. It, it, it was groundbreaking, and especially now as I look back on it. I mean, it was showing me things that I wouldn't have known as a kid. But as you look back right. at it, it, it changed my perspective. I wouldn't have that perspective without shows like that.
0: Um. <laughs> You know, I'm going to mention this later because later, you know, they, of course, talk about George Lopez's show. And listen, I know with TV, certain things are formulaic and and they kind of repeat themselves. But just so you know the history of how far back this goes, you know, we we use the term hacky when something is done a million times. But, and, and listen, God bless my girl Tiffany Haddish, but I'm getting so tired of seeing the joke where a black woman's wig is ripped off and we show her real hair underneath and chaos ensues as she goes crazy because we see her real hair. But, I, you know, again, I, I, Sanford and Son didn't do it for me like that, so I didn't really watch it a lot, but they showed a clip where Fred ripped off Ernest's wig. And, of course, this is one of the biggest go-to laughs in comedy (gasps) black people go crazy we die oh shit and she starts chasing them around the room and i go god that went that far back because i've seen that shit done a million times and i just went so there's the origin
1: there it is that is that's the first time i ever saw it god that joke has been done to death and, and, but that whole relationship between him and Esther. But that becomes the formulaic because we've
0: seen yeah. that with the, the battling rivalry between the lead star and a side bitch on Esther, Red Fox, George Jefferson, the maid, Martin, Pam, that that boom, boom, yeah. back and forth, dissing each other. You ugly, you ugly. That, that's just formulaic. Now it is. That was way. Well, yeah. Whoever starts it is groundbreaking. But then at what point does it become hacky? As great as the Jeffersons were and and groundbreaking in its own right for its own reasons, we're back. Um, hacky, by the time it gets to
1: Martin and Pam, hacky, and they do that in white sitcoms too. All the time. I mean, it depends if you can get an original take out of an old idea, but it's hard to get an original take out of an old idea. Jesus, yeah, I mean, if I mean, if you're sitting there and you see it coming, right? I mean, then it's hacky, right? If you, I mean, how else can you look at it, right? But uh, obviously, for that, I didn't see it coming. I, I thought the Jeffersons, although I, I understand what you're saying about some. Uh, no, I didn't find it hacky because they used. I mean, I mean, one of the things that I thought was cool about the Jeffersons is when they did, and you used the Jeffersons as an example. That's what I'm saying. You had the uh, uh, the inra- the interracial couple, biracial couple yeah, coming over, uh, uh, and George. And, and what was cool about it, and what was the perspective change that I think gets missed because it w- it was subtly done, uh, but not subtly done, uh, because they made it laughable. He George uh, George Jefferson hated that couple. The the it, not not he didn't hate them. Right, but the idea of her being married to the yeah, white dude, yeah, always called him honky. Yeah, that was that was offensive to him, right? And that's a different perspective that hadn't been on TV before. God, do you see why? Like it, that was pure
0: TV, Coca nigga. honky nigga. all in the family, good time. That when TV was just so real, and I, and listen, it's real. Some shows today that are critically acclaimed. Are real too. But it's not Times Square in the 70s, real. It's Times Square now. Yeah. It's Disneyland. It's safe. Well,
1: especially right now. And that's why when you bring up blackish, blackish takes a little there's a little edge to it. There's an edge to it, especially black as fuck. That's the edge. So yeah, it's so needed. But and and, and I said that that thing when I'm also in the Jeffersons that people are going to miss is that the, and it was a safe way to do it because, uh, but it was the right way I think to do it at the time. The neighbor that's from England.
0: Yeah. Mr. Bentley.
1: And George hated him. And the reason that you don't understand that he he didn't hate him because he was English. He hated him because he was foreign. And we have that same thing happening today, but not with the English guys. The English guys aren't, we don't look at them as the same foreigners that we look at as other foreigners in our country. It, it, it added a perspective and it added the perspective through comedy. And without that, how do you move forward? How do you do it without comedy? Is it safe to say
0: George Jefferson was the black Archie bunker?
1: It is safe because he came and, and he came from that show. I mean, that's where he came from. That was his right. origin. It was from he, they had the dry cleaners and it, they lived on Archie's block and they moved up. From, this is the other thing that, you know, you don't, this is the genius behind someone like Norman Lear, though. Too, he, it isn't told in the story, but he left the neighborhood, Archie's neighborhood. The white dude who do, who was who had problems with the black dude, he leaves the neighborhood to live better than Archie, to live in the high rise uh, building in right. the sky. Right? There is a lot to this, but you people don't. And you said this best in the beginning of the podcast. Are people picking up on the subtlety? Right. There's a lot of subtlety in this as well. People catch the big part where George, you know, George walks in, in and, the walk, yeah, and, and and when he says something honky, that's the that's not the subtlety. But there was a lot more referenced in in the Jeffersons than people know, than people pay right. attention to. And sometimes maybe it's better that people don't know. Maybe it's better that they're affected by it in their head subliminally without actually understanding what they just saw.
0: I, I, I feel like I'm going to ask you this and you're going to say yes. Uh, but do you think white people watched good times?
1: I watched good times.
0: I know you. because And I'm only saying that because, again, when you look at the Cosby show, which is the to- other end of the spectrum, they're not living in the projects. They do have a father that's there, even though John Amos was there as the dad, but he, they killed him off. Uh, Cosby's there the whole duration. You know, they are well-to-do. They are well-educated. They're not the stereotype. Even though I hate saying stereotype because good times was real. Like Tracy Morgan said in it, he goes, yo, I couldn't identify with the Cosby because I ain't live like that. I ain't no black people like that. Good times is my shit. So, yes, good times was real. Let me not say stereotype. But my point is with the Cosby show, it seemed that it went beyond race because white people could just go, I can identify with that. I can identify with that life, that, that, that upbringing, that train of thought, uh, uh, that familiness, that wholesomeness. So, yes, while the Cosbys were black, people saw beyond that. Whereas with good times, white, unless you just pour white trash, most white people don't identify with the projects and good times and that way of life and struggling so are they watching because they're just going, hmm, I have an eye into this
1: part of niggas without having to hang around niggas? I, I, I think that this needs to be answered on several different levels. First of all, you brought up The Cosby Show, which was the number one show. Right. Uh, so obviously, white people were watching it, too, because at that time, especially at that time, you know, to have that many people watching, it couldn't have just been a black audience. Right. It had to be an, a national audience. But when you said that and you say, Tracy Morgan, I couldn't identify. I didn't know people like that. How many white people at that time, white families, were the the idea of the nuclear family, the the mom and dad, the kids, and two professionals in the house living in a higher end area? Most white people couldn't identify with that. Mm Mm-hmm. So really, that was the introduction, if you really want to go back to what I said about the Jeffersons moving out of the old neighborhood and moving up and moving above what Archie is. that What's groundbreaking about Cosby's is they were living better than most white people that were watching the show. And white people were able to, uh, there wasn't a a dislike for the Cosby's because it matched up with what they wanted to be. Right. But that that is that is a, a more of a truth that it showed white people that black people live not only as well but better than what you experienced because your experience is um, good times. Like you that's what you that's what television had portrayed black life as. right. When you go and you watch good Times, I agree, I think to some of what you're saying to some extent is uh, yeah, that was a, a good way to see. Black life without being part, without being part of it, as you just said. Right, but there's somewhere in the middle was the Jeffersons, where he could be angry with white people, even in a, a, but it was in a comedic sense, and that's why him over the top made it work, because it was, it wasn't just an angry rich black guy, it was a feisty black short little black guy who, who had a walk and had a, I mean, there's genius behind. Uh, t- television programming and the writers back then. I think I could be completely wrong, but how you served this to America was was really I thought was quite ingenious. But don't forget, we used to have shows, and I don't know if this is ever. Remember Room Two Twenty Two? Did you ever remember that as a kid? The only Room show I remember is Two Two Seven. Two Two Seven. Yeah. Uh, it was re- it was about a high school. I think Two Two. I think it was Two Two Two. And it was about a high school and it was teachers and it was multicultural uh, classes. And so you saw people working together. That's why I I don't understand what happened from 70s television where we were heading in a direction where you saw uh, more of a a New York. And I, I'm only using New York because everybody in New York lives together. They have no choice. It's New York. You have to you're not getting away from other people. Right, you right. have to be there. even though there are segregated. Parts of New York, as, especially in the seventies, but right. so not so much today, even right. Because right, right, those right. areas have all been Tentrified. yeah, and gotten smaller. I mean, Chinatown's smaller than it's ever was. Little Italy doesn't exist. It's it's a street more so now than right. than what it used to than a neighborhood. So that we used to have that that idea that we were all growing to live as one, and then something happened, and maybe it was Reagan, maybe it was the eighties, but whatever it was. We went from this idea of these great shows to just where it just stalled. And then that's when the Cosbys came into it later. Yeah, and they actually said that
0: on one of those CNN specials where it was like the sitcom stopped being the go-to form for entertainment. But then Cosbys brought it
1: back. Back. That's true, too. Yeah, they they, they changed the way they were doing it. I don't know. I, I just I felt like there was a there was a period of time where, uh, people that were creative people were also understanding of culture and were developing a way to show America. Because listen, uh, the Cosby Show takes place in Philadelphia, right? No, no, Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn? I yeah, thought it was Philadelphia. No, 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 no. Uh, maybe I'm just thinking that because of yeah, Cosby himself. No, no, so. no, no, no. Uh, but it takes place in a bigger city, right? Uh, the middle of the country doesn't feel. That area, the East Coast, like that. Right. Even California doesn't feel the East Coast like that. I mean, California is different. So, I I thought these shows were so important to introduce the rest of the country into what was going on, and it and it's not there. But where I, I want to know where our Norman Lear is, where and and maybe it is, maybe it, it maybe they're there, and maybe it's happening right now. We're just not. It's not happening the same way.
0: Well, I thought what was interesting was, uh, and even though it wasn't the Cosbys. Uh, Norman Lear basically said what forced him to do the Jeffersons was Huey P. Newton and some of his guys came to the CBS studio and said, you know, while we get good times, why do you have to keep creating, why would you just create a show where black people are struggling and show us in a negative light? Give us something positive. Cut to,
1: and now we're moving on up. So, yeah. you know. But that makes sense because you uh, because of TV is such a strong medium, if you just left it at uh, good times, people, were, people would think that's the only way black people lived. Right. Unless they had a relationship with black people outside of television. And truthfully, in the 70s, America was segregated. So the, mm-hmm. your your relationship with someone else came from television. Right. That was the introduction.
0: Um, and my dad used to love this show. Two black and white shows that was a regular When I was a kid. Uh, But um, the second one is what we're going to talk about. Uh, The Honeymooners. My dad loved The Honeymooners. And Amos and Andy. My dad loved Amos and Andy. He had VHS tapes of the series. And it ran from 1951 to 1953. And like I said, until I saw the CNN thing, what I didn't know was it on the radio show. Oh, even on the early TV show. On the radio show, was two white guys doing the voices of Samson and Andy. And I'm going to tell you something, dude. If you didn't know they were white, they sounded like niggas. Yeah, they were out there. Yeah. The way the dudes talk, they sounded black. Now, of course, we could raise all kind of red flags with this. And I remember, I think I asked you about this when my man, I think Hank Azaria, caught flack. He, I don't even think he caught flack but he apologized without being forced without anybody on him for the character Abu on the Simpsons doing the Indian voice. And I, and I think we talked about this and I go, why did he feel the need to apologize? He never did anything that was demeaning or fucked up. He just felt like now because of this pussy climate we live in for a white guy to do an Indian voice was wrong. So I don't want to stray away from the topic, but Amos and Andy, because of the history There's just no getting around it, even though if you didn't know these were white guys. It sounded legit, but I guess because of the history, it just can't fly. And then, of course, when they did the first beginnings of the TV show, they had white dudes in blackface and they quickly nixed that and hired the black dudes to play Amos and Andy. But it was so demeaning in. Amy and anyone got like he talked real slow and yeah. sounded uneducated. And you know kingfish there and talk like you know there. So it was like, how do you win? Okay, but why did your dad like that show? He thought it was funny. He just thought it was funny. So but again, I'm, I'm let me cut you off. <laughs> this is why this is such a delicate thing, because it's like I could say one thing where you could go. I see that, if we're being honest. I see that. But then you go the other way and you go, but it was wrong. There were niggas that talk like that, man. I don't be there, and about be there. But it sure look like there's niggas that talk like that. Mississippians.
1: <laughs> of course, you brought it back to Mississippi. <laughs> but there's niggas that talk like that. Well, that's when you go to Disney and you have the Zippity-Doo-Dah guy. Right.
0: But again, I, I, your point. Go ahead. I just was saying, when you go, why'd your dad like it? He thought it was funny, and my dad was
1: from Chattanooga, Tennessee. My mother's from Jackson. They knew niggas like that. Man, that's what made it funny. The problem is, for them, for for your dad, let's 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 break it down this way. Your dad, for your dad, it was funny because the context was correct to him. He knew people like that. The jokes were on point. It made sense to him. But when you know the history and you see it and now that's delivered to someone that's outside of that area that's outside of that and now we're talking about white folks and uh, anybody else who's not part of that that doesn't You're qualify. laughing at us. You're laughing at you not not with, with you. you. And that's the part that makes you go
0: despite that it might be steeped in a little bit of realism despite the fact that it's funny you're laughing at us. So we can't do this. It reminds me of
1: Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. That's exactly what I was going to say. When he,
0: when he said, yo, I quit my show because he did the skit. We had a pickaninny in knee on his shoulder. And he said, the way this white dude on the set was laughing, he felt like, nah, this
1: ain't right. So. I, lo- I love when he's in the, uh, when he talked, I think it was in the uh, Mark Twain Awards when he says, his dad said, name your price. Whatever it is to do this, name your price. And that was his price. He wasn't going to allow. But it's
0: funny how niggas won't allow it once the check for 50 million clears. Yeah, but he. he I, I he, mean, if you're going to take a stand,
1: are you going to take that same stance before that check clears? He he took the stand. He walked away from the 50 million, though. He left. Didn't he get the 50? No, not till. Oh,
0: you're, well,
1: no, he didn't. He got something. No, he was. When they did the original, when they did the show, he was making you might be right, yeah, no it, money off of it. He right. was making a little money because then he gangstered the game with the sixty million In, from Netflix six, after he came right. back. Right, uh, he, yeah. he took a stand. But how many? Like now, what you just said? How many people are willing to stand on that fucking? <sighs>
0: <sighs> how many people? Well, listen. Let's be honest. It wasn't like Dave was holding a tin cup before the Chappelle show. He, and he's living in Ohio A farm He already had the farm So he, he's living comfortably So it's easy to I think to make a moral decision When you ain't starving And your kids ain't Bellies ain't growling yep. Could he have made that stand
1: If this nigga was broke? I don't know I think he would Because I love what He always says His dad said He already knew He already named what his price was And he wasn't going to sell
0: out It's a that. sweet story When you already own a but, farm but,
1: but, 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 but wait But wait When you say that How many people do you think were in his ear going, Dave, do you know what you could do with this 50 million? Do you know how you could help? But
0: I don't think Dave's character that he no he don't feed into that. I don't know him personally like that, but his just his character and his makeup. Dave don't seem like the type of dude that lets motherfuckers get in his ear, because if he was, he wouldn't live in Ohio. I'm sure a lot of people said to him, man, you need to go to California. You need to leave, leave live in L.A. And that nigga said, nope, I like my skateboard
1: and I'm in Ohio. He liked New York. He lived in New York for a long time, though, too. Mm. I mean, I, I, I'm just saying I, that's a hell of a fucking decision to make. And when you make it, this is and this is how crazy the world is. This is how crazy the crazy world is. He made that decision based on principle. And because he made that decision for $50 million to walk away from it, he was crazy. People couldn't understand him walking away from that under any circumstances. The world is so crazy that the person who did the most moral, normal, rightful thing is called crazy. It's called crazy.
0: And this is what adds to his
1: bigfoot-like legend. Yep. Um Did you ever see Amos and Andy? You know, I saw uh some like quick cuts, you know, like they sometimes you can find a cut. Uh, I I never I never thought uh I don't think it was on TV when really when I was a mm. kid. And no one in my family had VHS tapes of, right. of Amos and Andy. So no, I really didn't watch it. I knew what it was. I know more about the radio show than I did about the television show. Right. But I did not know that they weren't uh that they weren't black. I would I would have assumed that they were black. But if you really go back to it, were they gonna let was in it was it NBC it was on? Was NBC gonna let black dudes in their studio to have their own show? And talking to the the mics the white people were gonna use next in 1950? 1940s is that's when the show was on. It was in the How can 40s. can we
0: stomach the Negroes putting on civil their bow? <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm right. just being honest. I mean, do you think that that would be a, that they were going to let that happen? Brad
0: Butler, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: it was the 1940s and 50s. There's no way we would have monkey breath. All over our microphones when pure white Anglo-Saxon breath was like breathing out clouds. Just pure beauty. And then the monkeys come in and they talk and they breathe and they hoo, 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 and make all the guttural sounds they make and the mics had to be destroyed. No, 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 no. Stainless steel with monkey spit just won't do. Red button, yeah.
1: <laughs> um but but systemic racism doesn't exist because uh, whoever said that, said, when, you, when you brought that up to me yesterday, that someone said uh, that, oh, I don't want to get into this because we'll go through. Right, that's or, hilarious. Yeah, we'll go down, yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah. It'll down a rabbit hole. But to say it doesn't exist when you can see that at one point you couldn't even use a microphone because a white person would want to use that same microphone. Right. and then to, and, and to say that one day they just woke up and went, oh, we don't feel that way anymore.
0: Real quick, I got to go back because you just made that point. They showed an episode of the Jeffersons when they talked about the Jeffersons and they showed the clip where uh, Florence the maid and Mrs. Jefferson were at a CPR class and the white teacher uh, had them blow into the dummy's mouth. And next up was a white guy and his son, but they were walking out. And they go, hey, you guys are up next. He goes, sorry, sir. We're just not going to put our lips on on what a nigger has touched. And that was the episode. They they, they said that in Florence, of course, for comedic follow up was, motherfucker, you better have a different suit on because I'm about to whoop your ass. And... But that was them dealing with race. And again, the word nigger was said.
1: And, and what year was that? Did they say it? Did they say that? They had to be 70 something. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like 77? 77, 77, late 70s. So- I mean this is not far away. Right. And the idea I I I don't we've already beat this shit to death but you, you know a television for nothing else is a record of where we we, 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 we where we were at least right. if nothing else. See
0: and this is what I love about the CNN thing. It chronicles where we were, where we've been, where we're at and where we're going. And all these shows evolve based around all these topics. So you can see the growth. You go from the beginning to the growth to the present. Um
1: but that's where my fear is right now, where we're in the present that we don't want to offend. And, and all sometimes of, you have to offend that's what to those, teach. That's what those shows did. They offended they offended everyone. And see you just right. And to me
0: that's the ingredient that's missing. We don't want to offend and in order to try I don't know that you could make the same point as strongly Without offending a little bit,
1: no, you can't.
0: If you if you if you wanted to, then you don't shelve the episode of Blackish with Colin Kaepernick.
1: The ability to defend to offend is one of the most key principles in free speech, because the only speech that you would have to defend is offensive speech. Because if you agree with the speech, there's no need to defend it. Right. So the only speech that needs to be protected Is that that offends you
0: hmm. Um. Diane Carroll had a show Called Julia Single black woman uh, Raising a son on her own Remember it? I do remember it Did you ever watch it? I watched it when it first That was groundbreaking to- all yeah. this shit was groundbreaking at the time.
1: But how long was that on? That was a season, right? That was only no, no, no. I think they did a couple seasons. Couple seasons. I was yeah. young, so yeah. I don't really remember it that well. But I do remember it because it 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 stood out. Yeah. Because I was also raised by a single mom. Right. So, you know, for the first five years of my life, I only had my grandma, and my mom. They showed her on the Dick Cavett Show,
0: uh, Diane Carroll, and she was saying how hard it was to walk that fine line because, and again, this is where sometimes. And I, I, believe me, folks, I'm not going to go there, but I have to make this point to tie this together. This is why sometimes I get upset about the Obama thing, because she was saying that people would come up to her, black people, and complain while they were happy about the fact that it was a black woman on TV, a black woman being successful, a black woman, beautiful, articulate, raising a son on her own. It wasn't black enough. It should have been blacker a little bit. But again, I'm going, this is something you've never seen. Why do you think we can accomplish everything at once? I get the demand. I get the fact that it's overdue. I get the fact that it shouldn't take this long. But God damn it, it's a start. It's a fucking start. And I didn't know until they said it in the thing. Certain parts of the South refused to carry the show. Right. So this is what I meant when I went, when you're the first of
1: anything, You got to take the L's. She took L's. The other thing, though, that I I, and, and, you know, you you can check me on this one because uh, I'm going to ask the question that probably there's probably a better understanding in the black community than what I have for what I'm about to ask or say. Um, Some black people aren't black enough. For the black community. Some people. I'm so glad you said that because one of my notes is in fresh prints. But go ahead. Yep. But that's what I don't understand because I know, I know all kinds of black folks. I, I, I it's not like I, I, I dealt with the people that are just outside my door. I know people that are the, stereo, the 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 stereotypical gangster black dude. I know the guys that are the professionals. Right. My dentist was was a black dude. When I was when I was growing up, my dentist all through high school, college was a black dude. He wasn't. Uh, the stereotypical black dude. Uh, he. He lived in a. Uh, he, he lived completely. He lived completely different. And I I, I mean, you could. I, and I'm not going to say he wasn't a black dude. He's definitely a black dude. But he had a different lifestyle, a different way of uh, of how he dealt with people, how he communicated with people, how he did business with people. So sometimes when I hear you say people say it needs to be blacker. But what if. What about the what about black people who aren't blacker, I guess? I I don't mean to say it in a derogatory-sounding way, but I don't know how else to say that, that don't meet that level of blackness that some other people are looking for.
0: I, I'm going to let you have it, and I'm not going to say nothing because I'm a, we're going to go back to it because it just so addresses a major note in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, what you're saying. So I'm going to leave it there okay? because uh, what you're saying is so valid, but I don't want to jump ahead because we we about to come up on a show that... Is a nice change of pace uh for the Mexicans. Uh f- Freddie Pinch, Freddie Prince Jr., Chico in the Man. Well, it's for the Puerto Ricans and the Hungarians, but that's okay. I'm gonna take from what Neri said take the win. Yeah, no, no, I
1: will no I matter will what s- Latin you are, take the win. No, as a kid, when I saw him come when I saw that show, that that was a big deal to me. Right. I'm not knocking it, I'm not saying it, but I'm just addressing the fact right. that he's Puerto Rican right. and Hungarian. Uh that was a big deal for Let me us. Let tell you. The uh, name Chico. Chico. Just the name Chico. Right. Being up front. Chico. Was a big deal. Right.
0: I loved seeing George Lopez get emotional when he talked about this. Because he pointed out, which I didn't even know. and Think about. He goes, there's only been three Latins on TV. Desi Arnaz, Freddie Prince Jr., and me. Three Latins with their own shows in this time span. And you know, as much as you know, as black people, we go overdue, overdue, overdue. It's about time. A- anything under under black, Hispanic, Asian, Indian, really is overdue because they just let niggas in casually as television became more and more diverse. But the idea of Latin, A- Indian, or or Asian was really like, nah, motherfuckers, y'all gonna have to wait your turn. Even though niggas have been waiting since forever, but we got first dibs. Now, as we become more diverse, the Asians and the Indians and the Latinos, whatever the order, now y'all getting y'all's dibs. And I just thought, wow, all these funny, you
1: know, Hispanic comics and the wait is like that. Uh, It's not... I'll be really honest with that. It's not ever going to change. That's not going to change. You don't think so? Nope. Nope. Really? Nope. No, and I really don't think it's going to change. The reason I don't think it's going to change is because uh, the proximity to your Latin culture is so close that unless it's with the new generation, the younger guys, it's too easy to go watch your telenovelas to you can, you can find those. We have plenty of, uh, we have plenty of, uh, uh, of Hispanic television on T on. What do you mean? TV.
0: Hispanic television, specifically Spanish in Spanish. Yeah. But, but don't you always feel like yeah, Spanish, I feel you want out. to be part of the main, I feel left. that's out. what counts. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 not, not, not saying, and I don't want to speak for Hispanic people. But while I'm sure they are proud enough within their culture to go, we got Telemundo, we got, what did you call it?
1: Novela? Telenovella. All those soap operas. So while we got all that. Your grandma watches those. She's happy with those. Right. She She doesn't want an American one. Right.
0: But while you got all that, you look at it like that's the CFL. The NFL is to be on American television. America seems to always be the standard for the best. And I hate to say it, I don't want to say white acceptance, but to to be, you know, fuck it, white acceptance.
1: It's, it's an American acceptance, but yes, it is dominated by the white people. Right. Uh, I, I, I'm, listen, it, it, it's just culturally, I, I don't think Hispanics are demanding of what they deserve sometimes. I don't think many minorities are. But Hispanics are such, they're so entrenched in this country. And they have a connection to their heritage. That although you say, you know, the American thing to be on the American television. Yeah, seeing George Lopez and listening to George Lopez. And, you know, there's some things that, you know, a a lot of people, a a lot of younger guys don't like, a lot of younger Hispanic people don't like George Lopez. They felt that that was very... um, old school yeah hispanic dude like they weren't that 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 wasn't a great representation
0: Motherfuckers,
1: <laughs> a happy period so I, I just don't see how that changes because it's first of all this is supposed to be a mix and so um, in that mix I think you're going to see more shows that are multicultural but as far as a lead as far as the lead like you just said the three leads. Right. I, I don't, I, I, I don't think that that changes much. I really don't. I, I would like to say that it would, but I think that the connection to their, to the, to the Hispanic culture is, is too, is so close that they get what they want, that they're not fighting for the American side.
0: So you don't think it's as important to them as
1: it is? No. Wow. I don't, I really, I think that they're very content in their culture. And when I say that, and when I say they, I, I'm including myself in that. I'm not, I, I don't mean it as now I'm now I'm Hispanic and I'm speaking for the Hispanics. I'm just saying in the culture, my family, families that I see, fam- people that are in right. there that, that I spend time with, I mean, the ones that are heavy Met- Mexican, oh, I'm just going to say Mexicans, I'm not even yeah. going to go outside of that. Uh, they're close to the culture from speaking Spanish, watching Spanish television in that in, in that culture is locked up in there <clears throat> then there's the other cultures there's like you go to uh, that's why I said it's very Hispanic is very different because you go to uh, LA and you know there's a whole different kind of uh, you know uh, I don't like <clears throat> Latin X term but uh, you know the, the the Chicanos from the 60s and you know the 70s those guys are different they're not they're, they're, a lot of them don't don't even speak Spanish they just grew up in LA they're they're Mexican. Right. They grew up in and they and they started their own culture and it's a different culture than what I'm talking about as the people who watch telenovelas. It's a right. different culture. It's a car culture. They have their whole looks, their whole. They have their setup, right? But it hasn't blended into a force where there's a group that is coming out saying we want to be part of this. They're, I think that Hispanics feel very blended into this country and they're rooted in this country and the development of this country. Um. And I think their mix in the country is what they were looking for, not so much for the the television. They're looking for the acceptance, and I think that they find their acceptance in in this country. Um, they also find their racism too. I'm not right. trying to to slide that over. I, I right. just they're working at a different speed, and I don't know. I don't completely understand it. Did you like to show a different world? <sighs> What's that? The one with... Uh, <laughs> the fact that you just went... No, no, I, I know... Uh, the, the one with uh,
0: is Jasmine that, Guy, Kadeem Hardison, the yeah, college. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I did, but I was such a fan of... I, I remember this. I, that's when I was just... i just gotten like where I was done with high school. Right. Um, and I was a big fan of the Cosby show. Right. And this was kind of like, you know, the the spinoff.
0: Yeah, and exactly I,
1: what it was. And, and I'm, I'm I'm not into television now. I'm about... He was GTA, Andy. yeah. I was trying to, oh, was trying to get my little come ups. Yeah, and I wasn't watching TV, and I didn't identify with the characters, not because they were black, but right. because they were in college and they were doing, and I was selling weed and doing other shit. So yeah, right. uh, it was just a different. I, I, I had kind of moved away at that time from television, right. especially that kind of television. So, um, although I liked it, and I and I liked the style of it. Right, the style was cool. Uh, the flip up glasses was a little bit much. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause no one could be that cool. I don't care how cool you are. That's a lot but, of but that's well no, that wasn't 80s, that was nineties. That was a lot of work to be that 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 cool. I, I did like parts of it though, because uh like uh I started getting the clothing business at that time too, uh towards the end of the that that run. And like I sold cross colors, I sold Fubu, I sold uh, all that shit. Right. All that black shit. All that black shit. I, I sold it. I, I liked it. I, I That that represented me just as much as it represented anybody else. I I, I liked it. I, I mm-hmm. liked the colors. I liked the look. I liked what everybody was doing. So that aspect of the show, I liked it. But the stories, I just wasn't in tune with what was going on with
0: them. Well, you know, I did two episodes.
1: Yeah, I, two I know four. you did. Yeah. That, that's, uh, why I, that's why I, I wanted to I would have sure.
0: loved to have been on that show as a regular. It was just cool. On the lot in uh, Studio City. Uh stage five it was just a cool fucking show man and to be a
1: regular on that would have been awesome uh see now that's that's the thing that was kind of cool about it though too uh because all those people were like the biggest deal at the time right yeah yeah they were on all the magazines yeah yeah see and for me like i said i just wasn't i was in i was in i was in a different world right oh right yeah and there you, you go so uh right. no but i i got the show and i got uh, i mean i paid attention to certain parts of the show but it just the storylines weren't weren't there for me at that time all right now let's fresh print but no but before you go on BYU. talk a little bit about being on the show no i it was you know it it, it was
0: I, the first episode i i did two episodes the first one i did with in vogue uh and and it was like about a dance uh competition and uh so, you know, again, this, you know, that's me in California for the first time
1: at uh and you're at the right age at the time on the show, right? You're the yeah, right I was 18. Age. Yeah. So you're the right yeah, age for 18. the show. Um, so everything about it fit for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, listen, uh my manager Norm Nixon, his wife was Debbie Allen, who was the showrunner. Yeah. Uh so you know, when when, when your manager's banging the showrunner, uh, you get on. And they just had me come on, and I played a character named Ty, and I did a couple of impressions. Um, And, you know, at that time, uh, I forget which one, the one in in Vogue, I think the tallest one, I had such a crush on her. She was incredible. Uh, I felt the way about her that I eventually later felt the way about Beyonce. Uh, So to meet them, and Kadeem Hardison was cool as shit. Daryl Bell, uh, Chris Summer, who, you know, I still every now and then bump into – Doing voiceover work, uh, bananas, man. Jada Pinkett was sweet. Uh, it was just a fun time, man. And, and, and I, I hated when it was over, and I was hoping that I would somehow that character would become a, a, a reoccurring because I just was like, and again, this was, I grew up as a kid via Cosby, right? And I even, you know, a little bit of the 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 Lisa Bonet years of a different world. I was still a kid. So by the time I got on with Jada Pinkett and AJ Sanders and uh those guys, I was eighteen. So imagine just again your home Indian style in front of TV, watching this shit, cut to eighteen years old. Yeah. And you're on the
1: fucking set. It just it's it was surreal, man. I think that's what kind of ruined a different world for me too, because I was a fan of Lisa Bonet. Like uh, that was right. that was a crush. Right. And uh did they did they kick her off the show? Uh, I heard like
0: they, like she. Well, yeah, Cosby you know, had issues. Yeah, with her.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard.
0: The man Cosby
1: had issues <laughs> with someone, and I think that that was the very end for me on that show because right. that was, dude. There was yeah. growing up at the time I did. Right. There was no one hotter on television than Lisa Bonet. Yes, and
0: that was during the I hate to let's be honest, the light skin era when light-skinned niggas was dominant, when they, why light-skinned niggas was like dinosaurs, they was a dominant species at one point before the dark-skinned niggas chose them for extinction. (laughs) Wesley Snipes was the meteor (laughs) that knocked out light-skinned niggas. New Jack City, Wesley Snipes
1: was the chocolate nigga that destroyed the beige dinosaurs. Dude, uh, I still, like, I'll never forget when she started dating a, Lenny Kravitz, when they started, when they got together, I I loved Lenny Kravitz, and then I hated him. I hated him, right? And then when they broke up, I loved him again, and I was. back. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, it was rumored,
0: uh, Cosby fucked around. What well, he liked Lisa Bonet too, and listen, you know, it's funny because back when that rumor was out, you would dismiss it quick, like get the fuck out of here. But now, when you know what yeah. Cosby's done, you can see it. Listen, I told you in between the table reads, I want to meet you in the wardrobe closet. And I want you to suck my penis before we shoot scene seven. And if you don't do it, bitch, you're fired. You know,
1: yeah, that's that, that I, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. I'm Geronimo. and I think <laughs> <one. laughs> That's not Geronimo worthy. Yeah, it is because there's going to be a lot of people who say because, uh, well, no, you're right. Uh, It's probably not Geronimo worthy, but I I don't want to touch anything that has to do with the Cosby stuff.
0: All right. Let's let's quickly barrel through this. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, there's a moment where Will Smith says, and part of what they wanted to accomplish on this show was the difference in contrast between kind of what you touched on What are different versions of black? Will's the street nigga from Philly, goes to this rich, well-to-do black household, and, and the difference in contrast between him and Carlton. And there's a moment where Will Smith has a poster of Malcolm X on his wall, and Carlton says in his uppity way, you know, Malcolm X was a great man, no doubt, but he didn't live up to the two greatest men in my life. My dad and Bryant Gumble. And of course, there's the slap track. And I thought to myself, you know, this is such a disrespect to Brian Gumble. Because there's this knock that somehow, like even with Chappelle's show, when 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 Paul Mooney goes, Wayne Brady makes Brian Gumble look like Malcolm X. There's this knock on Brian Gumble as though he's white, he's whitewashed, he's not black. And Brian Gumble, if you know anything about him is one of the realest niggas in the game. Very pro-black. Pro very black fist. But because he talks the way he talks, again, he articulates, and he doesn't come off, yeah, brother. There's that joke on him. And I just think that's
1: disrespectful to Brian Gumble. Well, Brian Gumble is very legitimately black. Well, then you also have to go to why Brian Gumble was no longer on... The Today Show. There was issues there with Brian Gumble and NBC. I never knew that. Why else is, would he be on why else would he be on the show? Well, what what were the issues? I, I think it had to do with things that he didn't like about how they produced the show. Mm. And that's why Brian Gumble and there was a big shakeup and they moved people around. And he wasn't on the today. He was he was the, the the biggest talk show anchor at one time, the morning show guy. And then he was just gone? OK,
0: but see, and here's what you just said when you were like, Chappelle did the most moral and responsible thing and people call him crazy. So Brian Gumbo had a problem with NBC because of whatever issues he felt
1: may have been racially motivated. I'm not saying that it was racially motivated or that he felt that. I'm just saying, what other reasons could there have been? OK, but let's just say that was it. Okay. If That was it.
0: OK, fuck it. He bounces. Cut to now he's got his own show, yeah. on HBO. Yeah, that's the blackest shit you could do, right? That's gangster.
1: Um, uh, and then you brought up Wayne Brady too, because Wayne Brady, Wayne Brady got that, and then that's why they did that one, yeah. uh, the the sketch on him, right? And and it, this this is what goes to like what I'm saying. What what is black enough? How do how do you do, do, is there like honestly do you have to? Is there a badge that
0: you get? You, know, you know, Wayne Brady was mad at me. Because on Man TV, I always portrayed him. That was one of our—we did regular skits where I played Wayne Brady, and we always whitewashed him. And and uh, it got to me through the grapevine that he he saw it and he wasn't pleased with me. And one day, and, and one day we 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 bumped into each other at uh, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, and he kind of told me like, "Come on, bro, well, you're making me look like I'm a sellout." And I'm like, "Brian, I don't write the sketches, brother. I'm a hired hand, man. It's it's what I do. I, I'm I'm hired to play these roles." And then, you know, we pounded it up and talked it out and were cool after that. But he was mad at me for that.
1: Well, I guess I would be, too, though, because what do you have to do? Like, I'll, I'm a, I'm going to say a few things that I'm sure will have have problems with this. Like, uh, uh, like white dudes saying the N-word and they said, well, uh, you know, he, he has a pass. I, I, you don't get passes. There's no passes. There's no black enoughs. There's none of this. I don't I I, I can't. But bro- some black people do give white people passes they give them passes if they give them passes they give them a personal pass you right. don't you don't get to take that outside you don't get to take that to the to the to the bar to the out to the club you think you do but there's going to be someone else there who's going to show you that you don't have it because it does this and, is, and show you nigga. <laughs> well all i'm just saying is you know P. That, that, that's good that's tight What all, right. Dude. all, all right. right all right all right uh, and it's gonna and it's gonna be what it's gonna be a wayne brady guy that's gonna fucking show you and you won't see that coming so uh yeah and 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 no knock on wayne brady i'm just saying this all goes into the same conversation I just never saw a black enough or not black enough. I never saw a Mexican enough or not Mexican because mm-hmm. listen, I grew up and I'm Mexican. And if you listen to the podcast, you know this, I'm Mexican and Jewish, but I was never Jewish enough for the Jews. And I was never Mexican enough for the Mexicans. So as I look at this, I look at it from the perspective of how I grew up and I'm like, wow, I had to learn how to be me and I'm not, And when I say I'm white, I say it because I walk through the world white. And I'm not trying to tell everybody, don't, uh, uh, no, be harder on me because I'm Mexican. That's not what I'm trying to say. Or be think differently because I'm Jewish. I'm not trying to get that. What I'm trying to say is that we are human beings. And if you're black, you're black. It's who you are. That's who you represent. If that's how you walk through the world, how do do you not black enough? (coughs) Right. And I don't understand that if someone does a show, that is on television and you don't think that it represents you, does that mean it doesn't represent some part of your community? Listen,
0: I've said it before and I'm paying for it to this day. My depiction on what being black enough is and not, a la the Vlad TV interview, a la me talking about Jordan Peele and and Keegan-Michael Key, like you just said, they're going to show you. Wayne Brady may show you. Jordan Peele showed me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so they're blacking up
0: <laughs> yeah nigga but but it, listen there's the there's a difference between Carlton on Fresh Prince is just as black as Will Smith it's just different life different degree not different degrees but different I don't know the right word but just you know experiences experiences but there's a difference between that and being a sellout in a coon then when we go that in the game black skin color yes but your 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 behavior your beliefs excuse me <coughs> uh, the way you operate now we can label you sellout coon sambo but anything short of throwing your people under the bus and betraying your own kind because you're a Carlton or you're a fresh prince. You're black. Period. That's, there was and what? we need to stop playing that war with each other about, oh, this nigga don't talk like I talk. Or he don't walk like I walk. Or, you know, that makes them any less black. That's a very fucked up, dangerous game we play with each other.
1: Well, because the other thing is, if you go back and you look at the seven, like go back, because most of this that we're talking about goes to the seventies or the, uh, the seventies, uh, eighties and yeah. beyond. But the seventies is kind of like the, uh, the, the starting point for all this, that we're talking to cultural, uh, the, the, the cultural part of television. Um, look at all the, everybody, and if you go to, I'm not talking about just even the shows, go to the news reels. Black people didn't, weren't all, Hip hop looking guys. That well, well, what do you mean news reels? If you go to look at the news and you see right, guys, the, the seven ABC News. And yeah, and if you go back and look at the, look at look at the Black Panthers, they weren't. I mean, hip hop is recent, so th- this this look, the 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 idea, the the swag, the whole thing that that doesn't have anything to do. If you go back and look at the history, but I I will tell you this: when we looked when we went to the uh, Civil Rights Museum and we looked at that the, the the Black Panther jackets, right? We both looked at it and went, that's a cool-ass jacket right yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm not saying that there wasn't a swag to black people at that time, but it has nothing to do... I guess what I'm trying to say, it has nothing to do with the dress, the look, the way you talk. It has to do with who you are inside, in you, right? But
0: but, but even if your look and your dress is not Black Panther, not leather jackets, not Leroy Furious, that nigga. You could, you could be the, the motherfucker in the Oxford... Right. ...in and the, and the bow tie or... A different kind of look, and still be just as
1: legit. Well, I remember when Russell Simmons was doing uh, what was his line of clothing? Uh, uh, Fat Farm. Fat Farm, right. Yeah, I sold Fat Farm too. So when he was he was G-G he was Andy. So when he was doing Fat Farm, and I remember when it took a, a turn from just being, uh, it started off a little bit more regular. I think, I, and I don't mean it's regular. It just started off with you know it was it had that '90s look to it, right? And then he started doing. Argyle sweaters and sweat- bow
0: ties, and
1: because his thing was get a fucking job. Don't put yourself in a position right. where you can't, where you have a look that you can't even get a that right. you're not getting. Don't get harassed by the police. We'll, well be careful with that. No, it shouldn't no, matter what you I, wear. I, I, but it does matter what you wear. Okay, but you know, that's no, listen, that slip, uh, that's that's like- But I'm just saying, you. Let's okay. Let's say it this way then: the police rate a profile, no matter what, no matter
0: what you wear. Argyle swe- sweater or leather jacket. So that that's fine. The We're uniform gonna... that gets you in shit is the skin color. Right. And you can't change that.
1: That being said, if there's a guy that's wearing whatever, whatever, and then there's a guy who's looking like he works at the bank and he has the choice to pick one, he's going to go fuck with the guy, the, the other yeah, dude. not necessarily. Not necessarily. You're, okay, you're right. Not necessarily, but... I guess the point is, and there was an interview where he talked about this. He was tired of of black people look wearing things that that put them behind before they ever well, left. Well, that's their door.
0: his gripe, but that don't make it right. Uh, that that's his belief, but that don't make that right. What he
1: was saying is that there's a that you. It doesn't take away. Listen, I get
0: frustrated with niggas that sag their pants. It doesn't mean that I feel because they sag their pants it warrants police fucking with them. no
1: i wasn't saying and i shouldn't have used that but that's how fucking. that sounds okay but i shouldn't right. use that that is fuck but i think what he's saying i think what you when uh, what i'm saying is listen i'll say it this way cuz this is the best way i can put it i've got pulled when i used to drive i used to have a chevy avalanche with 22s chrome wheels uh tinted windows i got pulled mm-hmm. over all the fucking time Right. You know how many times I got pulled over since I've had my. Okay. And let me let me take this up one. I won't go backwards. I'll go forward. When I was uh, when I had weed, Mm -hmm. I I drove a Jetta. I dressed really plain. Uh, My hair was short. Mm -hmm. I did everything not to draw any extra attention to myself. Right. So I'm not saying that the police should fuck with you no matter who you are. But I'm saying we do things to avoid getting fucked with. When I wasn't selling dope anymore and I bought the truck, I got pulled over all the time. Okay, I, I
0: get what you're saying. So let me let me just, if this, calculate, fix it, fix it for if this me. calculates it. If you know there's a bunch of lions in the bush, you shouldn't have your ass near the bush. But if you're going to have your ass in the bush, don't do it
1: wearing a pork chop necklace. Okay, yes. Yes but and that's what I think that's what he was going to get put yourself in the best position right. you can put yourself in and there's nothing that isn't and, and what he was saying is there's nothing that's not hip-hop about this this is cool this is this is fashion this right. is style you don't have to wear jeans that, look, that two other people could live it right you you can look good and have swag you don't have to do it you, you don't have to have a big I, I mean you don't have to have a giant gold chain you don't have to you can look. Basically, like they did on a different world, right? They were stylish, right? So, yeah, uh, that—that's—that's that's what, what what I was trying to get to with Fat Farm.
0: Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna bring up two shows of Asian descent, <laughs> uh, because <coughs> there ain't but two of them. Margaret Cho, All American Girl, Margaret Cho, yeah. and Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah, uh, and
1: Fresh Off the Boat is Fresh Off the Boat.
0: Yes. Um. Did you ever check out Margaret's show?
1: Yeah. What do you think? It didn't do anything for me. Me either. Uh, And I'm not knocking. I think she's funny. Right. Wait, wait. Let me rephrase this. I think she can be funny. I didn't always find her to be the funniest. Okay. But there was, there was Joe. I thought there was, there was definitely, she was a valid comedian that I, that I would watch. Right, I tried the show out. I probably watched four or five episodes, and didn't do nothing. You know, that's fair. Subjective. Yeah, I got it. I got what they were doing. I didn't think it was a bad show. It just now. I hope. uh, Let me walk lightly here, Um,
0: because in all fairness, I've never really watched Fresh on the Boat, Fresh off the Boat. But I also wasn't curious. And you tell me if I'm wrong for saying this. Just like what Tracy Morgan went, he couldn't identify with Cosby's. You know, to him good times spoke more to him as a person. And listen, let's be honest. We all will watch things or will, are more prone to watch things that are identifiable to us. I think that's the first lead-in. It's almost like, you know, do you just get with a girl because of how she looks? Don't you care about a personality? Eventually. But the first lead-in is how the bitch look. Uh, of so, course. So, so, so my lead into watching you and you is I, I'm going, you look, you look like I can identify with you. Now, if I'm staying with you, now you gotta sell me on the experience, the human experience. I gotta go, oh shit, I relate to that. I can get past how you look or what your color is, because now I'm getting the experience. Here we go. I, you know it's hard for me to i don't know asian I, I just i'm going what what do i identify with if i'm starting with looks first i don't know that i feel a connection to watching the show
1: with you see what i'm saying i got what you're saying but 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 i i don't think that you're as far off as i don't that. know that i'm curious but because did you watch Tokyo Drift the movie no you didn't no So you didn't see the gangster stuff that was in that movie? I know
0: there's some man food shit in there. Yeah. But I just, you know.
1: Okay. Well, maybe we lost you then. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because there's the stuff in there that you would like.
0: Well, no, but I could see myself doing that quicker than I could. A sitcom, all Asian family. I'm just going, what other? I mean, I'm sure there has got to be human experience on a level that has nothing to do with race. I might be able to identify with. But I'm also going. What visually do
1: I identify with? Well, that 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 could be the case. But I and I and I'm going to be honest. <clears> I have not seen the show. But uh, it's also because I just don't watch as much TV as I used to watch. And when I right. do, I watch certain things. Um, but I think what that does give you is if you did watch it, and you if you're black, if you're white, if you're uh, Hispanic, you see similarities between that family and your family, and that's the connection. And that's the connection that changes how we view people outside of our homes. And I think that's part of why. It's, and, and I agree with you. But it, before we get to level two, which
0: I consider that level two, you got to be attracted. I got to be attracted.
1: Well, and that's part of it. But I, I, I never saw Crazy Rich Asians. And then I finally saw it on the plane. It's fucking funny, dude.
0: I don't know that I would watch that.
1: Uh, fucking funny. Slumdog Millionaire fucking great. I I I I it is great. I, yeah. It's a great it's great and you know not only is it's great uh the story the way they tell the story and the way that he explains how he knew everything. Oh man. It's it's great, dude. If you haven't seen that I challenge you to watch that just right. so that we could talk about that show and see if you found anything in there because it has nothing to do with uh being any ethnic group. It has to do with uh it's a story about uh, someone who comes from nothing <clears> is on a show and because he came from nothing, they're trying to fuck him. And when you see, when he gives the experience of how he knew right. everything, dude, it's a show. All right. I might
0: have to put that on my list. Uh, George Lopez. Uh, I got one note about this. You know, again, I'm gonna go back to the hacky thing and this has been done to death. But there's a moment where George Lopez goes, you know, he, I wish I could do a good George Lopez, but when he gets animated, the eyes, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and he goes uh something about, you know, I understand what it's like growing up as a kid. I was told all the time by, you know, you're too you'll never be anything. You're too old, you're too fat, you're too stupid. Pause. That's the setup, here's the punchline. Your grandmother can be an aggressive woman. Oh. That is how many times have we seen the the hacky comedy you set the setup is aggressive, er, scary person, boy, grandma. And it's the sweet grandma, it's the sweet old lady, it's the mom. It's set that's the setup, the, you, you, and it's so predictable. The, you, the, the mean er, 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 beat you down, boy, your grandmother can be unpredictable. Ha ha, cue laugh track. Well, here-
1: that's hacky as fuck. But here's where like my Mexican side, people are, are going to come for me for this one. Uh, dude, because that's, that whole show is a white show. White in, in tone. Yeah. Like the, the, the right. jokes, the setup, the, right. that, that, the reason it seems so similar and so hacky is cause that's, ah, it's all, it all seems very white to me and the characters, the way that they did it. Uh, come on. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to, belittle that show because i know that that has a place and i know george lopez is important in this community and i'm not trying to shit on george because i think he's very funny i would love to be able to spend time and talk to him because i think he's i really do think he's an amazing comic and i think that he i like him as a stand-up yeah i think he was ahead he was very ahead and he was the one who was able to really what i find amazing in comedy is when you can cross over you can you can you can deliver in a way that people in other cultures can get you and then start to understand that culture. Right, And he, and he was able to do all that. But it's very, the show, like, I, when I first saw the show, I didn't right. know that it was the George Lopez show when I first saw it because I was right. like, I thought they were all white folks on the show. Mm. They, they didn't seem, they didn't have my, it wasn't my na-na that I saw on that show. I didn't right. see... <clears throat> Yeah, uh, My mom is pretty, is, is very, is, is probably. So you didn't think it was as authentic as Chico and the man? Well, Chico and the man was a little bit more, uh, cartoonish. Like the, 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 you know, cause he had the, Hey, you know, but it was right. that time period and the the coolness. Right. I, I just, it didn't, it didn't have the, the same feel, but again, see there, this, this is really, it's really in this cross where they, they took the show where they wanted to show, uh, Hispanic family, a Mexican family living in a, in a, you know, he was, he, he, he was a middle management kind of guy in right. the show. And so he had a better lifestyle than, uh, probably the, 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 the house that I grew up in. And then, you know, just like I said, is it black enough? I'm doing the same thing right now when I'm saying, was that Mexican enough? Right. And, uh, but when I saw it and, and when I say it was a white show, I'm talking about not as, no, I'm not putting this on, the, on the racial aspect of the show. I'm talking on the writing Right. Of how the the premises that they set up for the show right. were things that you saw in, in white shows. They were they were very like similar, almost Brady Bunch like in some places. Right. Um, but as far as the people in the show, I think they were trying to cross some bridge in between, uh, the Cosby Show and what George Lopez was doing, and trying to get there without going like they they weren't you know high executives or you know. Uh, he wasn't a doctor, or lo- and and then they had like the the neighbors. I got it. The Hispanic friends that were coming over. It just didn't have the same.
0: Dude, I'm gonna tell you from that one line alone, that tells me it ain't got no real oomph. Like did- like, like 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 like. Talk about a, a joke, and this is one of the most classic scenes they use when describing great comedy sitcom with the Cosby show. That moment where Cosby's in the room with Theo and Theo does this nice, dramatic, heartfelt, dad, even if I'm not getting good grades or I don't turn out the way you think I am, you should still love me because I'm your son. And the audience, oh, Cosby pauses goes, Theo, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it's one of the line, one of the moments because it was such a real moment of, this ain't no sitcom. You say some sweet shit, and I go, oh son, like he was saying in so many words, nigga, please get your act together. Yeah. Cut to the Lopez thing. That one hacky moment tells me everything I need to
1: know about the tone of the show. The tone, and, and when I, and, and I don't want to come off is that I. Because I just said what's black enough, and now I'm saying what's Hispanic enough. I just think it had it, it dealt with a lot of issues that I I didn't really grow up having, and that doesn't mean that they're not Mexican in the family. I understood it's a Mexican family, and said I understood that. I think that George Lopez's best work, unfortunately for me, was in the talk show, wasn't the sitcom. <clears throat> I think the talk show was amazing to see. George Lopez, a Mexican man doing these interviews in uh, Mexico with with bringing his Mexican culture on that stage, interviewing white dudes, black dudes, the hip hop culture that was on the show. That was amazing to me. That's the George Lopez that I wanted. I I wanted the show to have. And it didn't have that. And that's my problem. I'm not blaming George Lopez. I'm not blaming the creators. I'm not blaming any of that. Whatever that is, that's what it was. But that's the George Lopez I wanted to see on the show. Uh, that's the George Lopez that tours with Eddie Griffin and uh, right. DL does that. That's the George right. Lopez that I wanted to see on that show. I wanted to see a little bit more of you know that that heritage that I grew up with where there was some struggle. And and you know, my mom, my mom could point out racism from, you know, down she smelled it. She could smell right. it from down the street. And you know, I'd be like, Mom, they don't feel that way. And then, you know, like I said, I could blend because of who I was as a kid, and then I would hear what they said, and i go, mom's right, you know? So, right. But I didn't get any of that from that show, so it's a fine show. It does what it was supposed to do. I was looking for George Lopez. I was looking for that dude, and uh, I, I, you know, he he, but he was being a comedic actor in that show. Yeah. So I'm not knocking the show. I'm just saying that was, it was different. George Lopez, though, on uh, the show that he had, uh, I was really, bummed out when uh the whole thing with conan and everything went down because i george lopez i was the first hispanic dude to have a talk show for sure yeah uh hispanic on a talk show and and the lead in his own show and i thought he did an excellent job and he brought guests up that no one else was bringing up
0: right not since arsenio
1: yeah not since arsenio yes right. but even, even a different direction because he had some hispanic guests that arsenio wasn't going to have so for as as a Hispanic, it was right. it was it was different to see. Well, it.
0: I I again I go back to, I think Arsenio would have had him, but y'all got third dibs, <laughs> so y'all wouldn't cut off.
1: yet. okay, uh, that's that's fine, but that that's all that that's right. I, I, and and I want to make sure that I'm clear on that because I don't want to say that it like when I said it was like when I said it was white show. I'm talking about the writing was done as like I've seen this in white sitcoms before. Right.
0: Uh and the, and and on that point. If you've seen that on white sitcoms and you're a person of color with your own show, which means you got your own experiences and stories to tell, why wouldn't you put your foot down so that you're not doing that?
1: Okay, but this goes back to what I said about Hispanics and why I don't think they're going to get that is because I think the Hispanic culture, and again, is so weaved into this fabric of this country and it's such a part of this country. It, a lot of a lot of the same regular white problems that happen are the same problems Hispanic people have. There is more to the culture.
0: We all, to a certain level, have the same shit. Yeah, but we also have our own shit, and that should be at the forefront of and, of, of what we're
1: telling of of what we're doing. And I thought the show was just talking about a family, and they were showing a Mexican family as a is just an uh, American family. That's how I saw the show, and that's how yeah, I. Yeah, that might have been the problem. Well, I'm not, that's not like, again, I'm not going to say it wasn't Mexican enough because I just said a show, how do you say a show's not uh, black enough? So I'm not going to say that. I'm just saying it did. Yes, I think that sometimes though, you can miss some pieces in there. Uh, But whatever.
0: I I, I really- This is the last show uh, and this brings it to the most current. uh, And I don't really have but one note on this. And this almost goes again, back to what being black enough is. Have you ever seen the show Atlanta? No. You heard of it though, right? Yeah, I did. With I... That, what's the man, the, the lead? He's the comic. He does rap and he's a comedian. Faison. Something Faison. Is it Faison?
1: That's not Faison. Glover.
0: Glover. Oh, okay. It's Glover. His name is Glover. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. Yeah. It might be Faison Glover. Is it? I think so. Okay. Anyway, there's a man. This is one of the funniest clips. And I never really watched the show, even though I know it was praised. Um, one of the funniest clips made me laugh. There's an aggressive street type nigga, gold chains and teeth and pants sagging. And he says to it's either Donald Faison or Faison. Oh, I don't know, Donald fit Something Glover, goddammit. Faison Glover, I think. Anyway, he says to the lead character who's the opposite of the hardcore black shit, he says to him, he, he says to the to the to the hardcore nigga, he goes, Hey man, I just don't scare people like you. Niggas know I drink juice. <laughs> That's hilarious
1: That's very funny
0: He said, hey man, yo Because before that the, the 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 street nigga is like Yo, cuz And I'm Cuz is LA But whatever southern shit is Blah, blah, blah Nigga, nigga, nigga Blah, blah, blah And you need to do this He goes <clears throat> Dude, I'm just I'm just not as I don't scare people like you Niggas know I drink juice
1: Was a partner? Huh? Was a partner? Was it a cuz? Was a partner? No, I don't know I don't remember um, what it was But the I, Niggas know I drink juice I love that. Uh, oh, that's a great line. I was just going to ask you something. I had I had a move uh, a show that I wanted to know if they covered, and I forgot what the fuck it was. Damn, it was a black show. Yeah. Mm.
0: All right, dude. I, I I love. I was listening to last week's or whatever Thursday one of these episodes recently, and I got to pat myself on the back because I thought it was a funny joke. Talk about subtlety. I, I hope niggas caught it. When you couldn't remember something, and you just said it five seconds ago, and I got and I said, "Nigga, you can't leave your thoughts on hold. Your thoughts
1: hang up quick, <laughs> <laughs> so quick." <laughs> right. Uh, there's a lot going on in there, man. There's a lot. There's a lot going on.
0: Well, we we gave y'all a little bit extra, y'all. I, I'm glad we got like this thirty all out. minutes extra. You yeah, f- 44 minutes to be exact. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because this to me is is fun. The, the TV shit is fun because we both. Grew up on this shit. Uh, We both can relate to it. And this is just easy. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Before I announce the musical guest, as always, thank you to the new podcast listeners. I'm going to beat this into your heads until you get it. And I love it because I I feel like I know I'm not wasting my time. When people email me or DM me and go, yo, man, new podcast listener, I took your advice Started from the beginning and I'm going in order. Uh, I can't stress that enough, y'all. I know I know. you see all these podcast numbers and go, God damn, these niggas is almost at 300. And that might intimidate you. <clears throat> but really, start the book from the beginning, page one, and go in order. Because all these callbacks, I promise you, when you hear them, you'll get them. It'll make sense to you. The Junebug Spade, the Banjo, the Rand out the woods. Ran, ran Foots hit me in um, DMs and said, Nigga, I just heard the episode where June Bug Spade ran into the woods because I came out to help him. <laughs> I said, nigga, that's hilarious. And I typed him back and I said, oh, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Now get your ass back in the woods. <laughs> um, so to get all of that, y'all, please start from the beginning and go in order. I promise you it's worth it. Uh, support us on Spearsburg Pod, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Patreon, um, anything on your part before I introduce the
1: no uh, we're going to be Indianapolis Indianapolis and then we're going to be in Brea yeah uh, Indianap- Indianapolis
0: Helium and then Brea in Brea California at the improv
1: so uh, that's the next two weeks so please oh well it's the week you're listening to this we'll be in Indianapolis and then we'll be in Brea the following week <laughs> This is Steve and this show correction is brought to you by Ginkgo Baloba. Andy Ginkgo Baloba, to make sure you get your show dates right this weekend September 10th through the 12th Aries and Andy will be at the Hartford funny bone on September 17th through the 19th they will be at the Brea Improv and finally September 23rd through the 26th Aries and Andy will be at helium in Indianapolis Thank you so much and $10 a lot of Andy. So please come check us out if you're in the area. And guys, as always, if you're a podcast listener, come up to the meet and greet after the show and just say what's up because we really appreciate it. Yeah, we meet more and more you motherfuckers. It's great. And we we have love for you and we're going to give love to you if you come up and say hello. We just we just want to know that you <sighs> that you you're listening and it, it makes a difference to us.
0: Okay, coming up this is Rico Ricardo TV. Rico Ricardo never gave up. Featuring my off the Avenue Boy album out now. Instagram is R-I-C-O R-I-C-A-R-D-O-K-C. Uh enjoy. Rico Ricardo. Yeah, we out chill, nuggles. the mid dip. And that ain't ugly. never paid attention when mama was giving game. One ear and out the other I would not listening. I didn't finish school, a lot they been adding up. Why when they owe you money, you petty cause you for it. I ain't trying to be broke again. Sleeping on the floor, sharing covered with my cousins. Taking turns, slaying butter. We gave it to them raw and we didn't step on nothing. Still feeling like shit for selling my people butter. Every since the 80s, they been hooked on butter. Pay attention to the slick sheet, these niggas utter. Uh, they want to see you do good. But. Damn! I can't stomach that you're getting money. I never gave up, I never changed up. Always stay solid, but who gives up a fuck? On my block, we get hypey like the Crest do. I'm a baby out the 80s, no test tube. I never gave up, I never changed up. Always stay solid, but who gives up a fuck? Remix it like a DJ, get your shit screwed. Big guns like the Fat Boys, crushed Blue. Was raised on Section A, straight up out the ghetto. Been a war and back, but we hung medals. Granny kept me in church, she knew I was a rebel. Off the pray to God, but steady shaking hands with the devil. I never jumped ship or fence top up in grenade. Even back then, when Mickey sold quarter pops, only a few blocks up when Randy got shot. Certified from my air action, mommy pops. I had them baseball dreams, believe it or not. But I was banging, spending too much time on the block. Had the man up by myself, wasn't talking to pops. He wasn't around, I watched the older homies on the block. Always that the real got an ever change a knock you up in my late night
1: th- i got no money and that's how i get pussin <laughs>